0: It's been over a year now since In The Key of Q launched. In our archive, you can find over 50 interviews of queer musicians from around the world and hear their music, from rap,
1: unaware of my proclivities to self-sabotage,
0: to country, to kiss me, now, soul, and rock. So. These episodes are available on the main feed. You can access them via the website at inthekeyofq.com or wherever you normally listen to podcasts. <laughs> This is Dan here. Thanks for joining me for Queer Chat, Queer Music, and Queer Stories. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcast provider. If you've enjoyed more than 10 episodes this year, please consider financially supporting the show over at patreon.com slash in the key of Q. You'll get exclusive interviews with each of our guests, as well as the satisfaction of knowing you're helping queer voices to be heard. In this episode, my guest talks about growing up in the multicultural regions around Washington, D.C., and the freedom that performing on stage gave him from an early age. He discusses being negatively profiled due to his Latin heritage and shares his thoughts on the queer community's fetishization of race. Share your thoughts online using the hashtag queermusic or email the show on podcast at in the key of Q.com. All that's left to say is enjoy the episode.
1: It shouldn't come down to heteronormative or gay. It should just come down to human interactions and relationships.
0: Hello, I'm Dan Hall. When I grew up, I almost never heard pop songs where openly queer men sang about their truths, and it made me feel invisible. There were the occasional heroes like Jimmy Somerville, Mark Almond, and Andy Bell, but in this tsunami of 1980s heteronormative pop, I felt silenced. But these days, there are plenty of songs where I can hear openly queer men singing their truths. And this podcast is all about finding and sharing this music and speaking with the musicians who create it. Music helps us feel connected, feel heard, and know that we are not alone on our queer journey. You're listening to In the Key of Q. This week's guest hails from Northern Virginia in the United States and is the oldest of four children. His music entertains a myriad of genres, including dance, R&B, rock, Latin fusion, and electro beats. Whilst his material is mainstream, he never strays from his core intersectional identity as a gay man of Latin descent. A big welcome to Joey Salinas. Joey, hello.
1: Hi, Dan. How are you doing?
2: I live a life of mystery of wonders and of fantasies Sometimes it's to believe, but nonetheless, it's my life It's whimsical, entertaining, extravagant, captivating But it's just a small piece of me of who I am It's my life, it is not easy for me to be You want to admire life, but I want you, want you all for me Who do you want me to be?
1: The very first time I performed live in front of people was actually doing a, like a Shakespeare, uh, I want to say it, was a, it wasn't a festival, but it was definitely like a Shakespeare uh, event where a lot of different schools kind of came together and did different sections of Shakespeare plays. And they ended up awarding me for best finale in song. For that performance, which was pretty neat, um, but that was the very first time that I had performed in front of a live audience with just me on the stage and singing, uh, simultaneously acting. So that was pretty neat. That was probably when I was like twelve,
0: I think. And how did that feel to you? Was it was the idea and the actuality of doing that amazing or terrifying or both?
1: There's an overall sense of adrenaline that comes over you. And it's a bit of nervousness, a bit of um, excitement, a bit of anxiety, <laughs> um, but more excitement than, than not, you know, because otherwise performers wouldn't go on stage, right, and perform. So it was this new sensation that I had, hadn't felt before that I was like, oh, I want more of this. I like this. I like this a lot. It's, it's scary, but I like it. And while I was on stage, most of the time people are like, you know, focus on one thing or imagine everybody naked so that way you're not nervous but for me being able to see everybody like the amount of people made me more excited so for me it was the opposite effect
0: a lot of our guests have talked about how the stage provided them with the space where ironically they felt they could be their most authentic self especially as as queer people did you have a similar experience
1: um yeah i would say that it that it was uh the sensation of just letting go um and being uh, uninhibited, I guess, there's a, a moment where you kind of lose yourself if you're truly performing properly on stage, you know, really letting the, the experience kind of take you over where you kind of just get lost in the moment. For those
0: of our listeners who aren't in the United States, can you tell us a bit about Northern Virginia? Tell us a bit about your upbringing.
1: It was a, it was a good place to grow up. I, I kind of bounced around when I was a kid. Throughout the, the the states and and abroad, but for the most part, we resided in Virginia. and And uh, looking back, it was a very diverse uh, environment to be in, which was good. I feel like some well, in some cases, uh, when people are not exposed to things that are different from themselves, um, there comes a misunderstanding when they when they are experiencing it. Um, in my case, there were so many different cultures and people from different countries and um different orientations, even, you know, that I was exposed to when I was a kid that it made it normal for me, you know.
0: Did you grow up, Joey, in a very sex positive household then?
1: Um no. I would say no. But So I had to come out to my parents twice because the first time I did it was very uh, explicit. (laughs) I didn't show them anything, but like my uh, my vocabulary was was very explicit. Yeah, the first time I came out, I was like listen, uh, what you want is not gonna happen because I like guys and I do this and I like doing that and I like doing here and there. <laughs> it's just, it was a lot I'm of I'm a cocksucking cum guzzler. Basically, yeah. is basically kind of the gist of how I came out the first time. Maybe, maybe subtler, re- subtler ways of doing it, Joey. Right, well, I, I think <laughs> it was in the middle of an argument. I don't remember how it <laughs> happened, but I was definitely not happy. And I kind of just unleashed And I remember my mom having this washed over look on her face. And then she kind of just slowly walked (laughs) up the stairs. (laughs) She slowly walked up the stairs, didn't say a word, didn't look at me, just walked away. And then later on, when I saw her, we kind of just functioned as normal. And I was like, I think I broke her. <laughs> I think I broke her.
2: Relax, baby, and never see to the back because you're in for a tree. Open your heart, you meant to me. I want you to be in my life. More than me see how you see with me. You get a choice of three from Joda, Joseph, or Joey. I'm all of them in my life. I know it is not easy to be with me in my life, but I know I want you here with me.
1: And then I had to, I, I had to do it over because I was like, no, this needs to be a proper conversation. So I basically just uh, sat her down and explained to her that it's not, it's not like eliminate the exterior shell of whoever the person is. Um, think of it in terms of you falling in love with a person, with someone, and. Let's say in her case, she, you know, fell in love with, with, with a man. And I said, now just remember that feeling that just happens to be the feeling that I get with another guy. It's the same thing. There's no difference except for the fact that you're having that feeling for someone that's opposite versus me having that same feeling for someone that's more the same, you know? And I think that kind of helped. And then somehow that information was related to my dad because i never actually came out to my dad i never said look i'm gay or you know any variation of that to my father directly however years later i was dating some guy and i had already moved out of the house and i was driving somewhere with him and my dad kind of just nonchalantly in the middle of the conversation was like well you know when you get home tell your boyfriend that he needs to and I can't even remember what the conversation was about. Because all I heard was, tell your boyfriend that. And that, that was it for me. I was like, wait, what? Because <laughs> it was so like, it just kind of rolled off his tongue. And it threw me for a loop. But I guess. Did did so, you acknowledge damn, it at the time? Did either did no. the pause and you went, no, was that bad? No, nope. Because I was like, don't, don't fuck it up. Just leave it alone. <laughs> I was like, just leave it alone.
0: <laughs> Now, Joey, in other interviews I've read with you, you've spoken about the importance of us seeing ourselves and hearing ourselves reflected back, the importance of visibility. Why do you think visibility is important?
1: Well, because um, the more visible we are in media, it'll mirror what real life actually is, A. And B, we will steer away from being fluff characters on a tv show we were made to be the gay best friend and not actually have a backstory not actually have like an actual character to these people they were always like kind of accessories or or you know um decoration for an actual scene or 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 whatever the case may be
0: what do you think though about people who say there's no need to have queer presentation in television programs, or on radio shows, or in music. And they say to us, why can't you just translate the heteronormative content that we place before you?
1: Because the heteronormative narrative does not apply to us. It, 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 shouldn't, it shouldn't come down to heteronormative or gay. It should just come down to human interactions and relationships yeah and um we can't have that if we're just having one side of the story or just one version i think that it makes sense for people to see different versions of life and not be drilled that there's one way to do it and that this is the right way and everything else is wrong Open up your eyes. I come from a Latin household. I'm you know, my family is Salvadorian from El Salvador. Um and there are certain things that are innately. Latin about me that I can't help. One of the things that I point out um specifically with my music is that it's very rhythmic. And one thing that uh that the Latin culture is known for is rhythm. And as much as I'd want to monotone myself and make myself uh into something else, I can never escape rhythm. I love rhythm. I hear rhythm in everything. And I'm not saying that that's every Latin person, but it's definitely something ingrained in the culture. There was a moment in recent times where I was in in middle America and I was out getting groceries. And this was the first time that I'd ever been stopped at this particular grocery store. Um, cause normally a lot of people will tell you I dress pretty slick. You know, I always look like I'm going somewhere, like I'm going to some event or something <laughs> at any given time of the day. Um, even if I'm wearing sweats in the t-shirt, people are like, why are you so dressed up? And I'm like, relax, it's just sweats in the t-shirt. But it's, I guess it's because of the clean look. I've always had that. Um, but this one particular day I left out of my house in very baggy it, like a very baggy uh, shirt and uh, basketball shorts, which I never wear really. But this particular day, I think I was doing laundry or something like that. So I left out of the house looking very frumpy for how I normally look. And so I went in, I got groceries and on the way out, I got stopped by security. And I was like, what's going on? And they were, um, they were like, we just need to um, verify your, your purchase. And I was like, why? And they are like, well, you know, we just need to take a look and we see your receipt. Normally, I, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. But it just, it was, an, it was an incident that just kept going on and on and on. And I was like, what are you doing? And then I realized what was happening. And uh, I kind of freaked out on them. Because I was like, why are you guys, why are you guys, targeting me in this particular situation it just didn't feel like a routine oh you know we're just checking everybody's receipts on their way out you've been profiled yeah and it was because i i specifically said in the moment i was like i come in here all the time this is the only time i've ever been dressed like this and this is the first time you guys stopped me it doesn't make any sense yeah up until then you know i've always been pretty uh pretty comfortable in my own skin and I would be in, in some pretty dangerous areas, but I never felt in danger. So I was never one of those I had to look over my shoulder. But that particular day, for whatever reason, it was like, okay, we're going to single you out. We don't have a reason. We're just going to single you out. And I don't think that that would have happened if I had looked like them. I had never felt like a target. Until that point. You
0: talk in your press release about the intersectionality of you as a gay man and being a gay man of Latin descent. Why do you think the Latin descent element is an important part of your identity as a musician?
1: Visibility is key, right? So if you are not aware of things being a certain way because you don't see them or experience them all the time, then you just don't know that those things exist, right? And as a Latin person, you know, there's always been that like macho culture of, you know, be a man. You know, if you're a man, you do this, and you're supposed to do this if you're a man. And that I feel has been more a part of the culture as a, as a, as a Latino person than as an American. I may sing songs in English, I may do English. Uh, media i may act in in english projects but you know i still have that part of me as as who i am
2: you see them go to by two by two Watching them all get loose now I'm wondering What are you waiting for? Do you want more? Or let the rhythm come and take you over Let the music make you move Group into your bones and make you groove now Take it smooth and slide it through It's got all the new. There's nothing you can do now Leave it, train it, take it and then make it go It's beginning to lose it Pop it that Get juice, don't stop the tea I got it and just have it out now oh.
1: I've had friends where I've been in conversation with where they'll um, mention that they'll only date Asian guys or they'll only date Latin guys, or they'll only date black guys. Um, And vice versa, like, you know, it's it's not always just white people. It's everybody. Um, It did make me feel uncomfortable because I was like, why, (laughs) why only? It wasn't necessarily like, it didn't seem like, oh, I like the culture. I like this about this certain person, or I like this aspect about this individual. It was like they had a checklist. Are they Asian? Check. That's it. Are they black? Check. I, I mean, obviously, we all have our personal preferences, right? And sometimes people get offended by personal preference, but there is a difference between a preference and a fetish, right? Yeah. So um, for me... Let's say, for example, okay, so this is a, a good preference example. There is something about a guy's hands that draw me in. And I, that'll be the first thing that I notice is a guy's hands. Is the way that they're shaped. Um, like how strong they look or how you I mean, just the look in general of a guy's hands, right? Whether they're white, black, purple, green, or gray. Doesn't even matter. That's not even a factor. First, you may be hot as hell, but if your hands are janky, I can't. <laughs> I just can't. But doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the rest of you looks like. You may be Jake Gyllenhaal, but if your hands are jacked up, I just can't. I can't do it. I can't. And that would be an example of a preference. I would say, right? Because there are certain features that you're drawn to or certain personality types that you're drawn to like oh i like somebody that's funny oh he's really funny he makes me laugh that's very attractive as opposed to i like him because he's white well what else do you like about him he's white who cares It's like what (laughs) that doesn't make sense or you know he's asian okay great well what else what else is there? He's Asian. It's like, there has to be something else. That would be a, a fetish. It's just, it feels like you, you've turned a person into an inanimate object. And it's something that I've experienced in
0: so much that my partner is of South Asian descent. And I've had people say to me, oh, I, I didn't know you were into uh, to Asian guys. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm into one. <laughs> right. And it's it's this very odd thing where I suddenly realized I've never ever come home with a, a white guy and had someone say to me, I didn't know you were into white guys. And it's back to that thing of perception of otherness.
1: And it's just that like we're all others. It's sad in a way because then you'll, you'll never know what you're missing if you don't explore out and, and try new things or, you know give other people a chance now if, if it's not your thing and you don't like it then you don't like it it's not like i'm saying you should do something that you don't like or you should start dating somebody that you really don't care for but it is strange that you're always on the same mark every single time
2: make it look uh, and show me what you got uh. Make you move, it, bones and make you now. it smooth and slide it through has got of the nothing you can do now
1: the the way that i i write music is about the human experience my human experience happens to be gay you know or it happens to be Um, a Latin human experience or a male human experience, but the way that I write and the way that I create my art is just generally of the human experience and they don't have to be straight or gay or male or female. My my hope is that they'll listen to it and go, oh yeah. I know somebody like that that's wasted my time. I've got too much going on that I could be focusing my energy on more than more than this, you know? And that's what my goal is. But it comes from authentic experience. And I think that's the key, is that it's an authentic experience that happens to yeah. be a queer one, you know? That's how I'm trying to tie the world together. <laughs> that's, and
0: as ever, is the way with all artists. It's an impossible mm-hmm. job, but it doesn't stop you trying.
2: Right.
0: Now we've got a new section on the podcast where I say to my guest, the floor is yours. I'm not going to interrupt you, I'm not going to ask you any questions, and I more importantly, not going to edit anything basically the next two or three minutes is your soapbox to talk to the world about whatever you want to talk about. And the clock starts as soon as you start talking.
1: Okay. Well, um, I would love for listeners to, uh, check out the identity chapter one and chapter two EPs. They're both already out on all streaming platforms. Um, I've been creating music videos for said songs and you can actually check out all of the chapter one videos on my YouTube channel, Joey Salinas TV. Um, The original idea was to create a visual album for a full length LP. But when I decided to break up the LP into three different chapters, um, that idea got postponed particularly because people started creating visual albums around the time I started thinking of the idea. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take my time (laughs) and just do it on my own time. I'm not going to stick to a deadline. So um, you can currently stream on any platform, Identity Chapter 1 and Identity Chapter 2. Right now, you can check out all of the videos off of Identity Chapter 1. And I am currently finishing up filming for the songs in Identity Chapter 2. So um, you should probably see some stuff popping up at the top of the year. Um, And I'm also recording new songs for the final chapter, which is Identity Chapter 3, which will hopefully be done and out by the end of next year.
0: Joey, can you... Tell us what your 15-year-old self would think of you
1: and think of the music that you make. Um, My 15-year-old self would be over the moon because I'm doing exactly what I had set myself out to do when I was 15, which was to create music, to be an artist, uh, to uh, work in the industry, in the entertainment industry in some capacity. It just so happens that I'm working in all capacities <laughs> at this point. Um, and I think that he would be relieved because my 15 year old self had big dreams and big aspirations and didn't know where they were going to go, but was aiming high. And thankfully, many years later, I've come to a place where I am very happy and comfortable with where I'm at.
0: And what other queer artists are you listening to, Joey?
1: Well I've always been a George Michael fan. I've always been a Queen fan. Um currently I'm really digging um the stuff that little NasAx is putting out. I think that he is um causing a stir and pushing the envelope and making people think And making people uh, pay attention to what he's doing. And I like that trajectory. Um, I'm excited for for the things that he's done so far. Um, I've always liked Adam Lambert's music. Um, There is a dear uh, friend of mine that unfortunately recently passed. um, And his name is Ari Gold. He is somebody that. Um, as a peer, I've always looked up to, and um, I was always excited about the things that he would put out. And as a queer artist, um, he's somebody that was uh, focusing on being the queer artist that people should uh, be experiencing and exposed to when it wasn't, when it wasn't the, the thing to do, you know? Um, and I think his moniker was the the first out gay pop artist. Um, but he's got some pretty pretty neat songs and pretty good music. Um, so shout out to Ari Gold. One of the great things about him that that recently happened since his passing was the Grammys acknowledged him, which was very nice to see. They they you know how they do the in memoriam. During Uh the uh, during yeah they add they added him in their in memoriam, which was really nice to see. It kind of teared me up when I saw it. Attention!
2: Attention! Attention. Bonsoir! Bonsoir! Bienvenue. Bienvenue! Bienvenue! Joseph! Joseph!
0: And Joey, where can
1: people find you online? They can find me everywhere. Um, Joey Salinas TV on YouTube. uh, At Joey Salinas on Instagram. uh, Joey Salinas Music on Facebook. uh, Joey Salinas Page on Twitter. And uh, you can actually also find me on SoundCloud if that's your thing. Uh, Just look up Joey Salinas. Throughout this episode, we've been listening to clips of your
0: music, but I think we're going to be saving the best till last in so much that I'd like you to recommend one song to our listeners that will act as a gateway song to really seduce them into your whole catalog. What song would that be and why?
1: Well, I think that a good song for uh, listeners to check out would be um, a song called All of Me off of my first album in the beginning. Right now I'm promoting Identity Chapter One, obviously, but, um, I think that All of Me would be a great song to start with, uh, being that it was in the first album and it's still, I think it still, uh, holds to this day. Um, it's a stripped down song that, uh, showcases my vocals. Um, and, uh, And I think it's a powerful song and I think people would enjoy it. It's one of the very few, uh, ballads that I have. Um, and, uh, usually when I perform it, I tie it in with Wonderland, which is the other ballad that is on, uh, Identity Chapter One. But, um, I think All of Me would be a good start.
2: Do those things that you said you would do Instead you did what wasn't supposed to come true So now it's time for you to explain to me Why you couldn't be through Lost time with someone who couldn't appreciate me Had a no-good attitude Someone that refused to see that I need to Someone that obviously Felt that line To me was a Remedy I gave you all Of me But I guess it Wasn't enough For you I trusted you baby Now that's lost and it won't be Coming back that is a Honey how could think that you would get away with having a few things here and there And then say to my face it's not true When endless times i found the emails and messages That only proved you've been unfaithful too many times It's incredible after all I did for you And I made me
0: Joey Salinas, many thanks for joining us here on In the Key of Q and sharing with us your stories and your music.
1: Oh, Thank you so much for having me. I had a good time.
0: Many thanks to everybody for listening to this episode with Joey. Remember to listen to him on the usual streaming platforms and find links to his homepage and all the various links he's mentioned in the show notes. We have exclusive Key of Q content over at patreon.com slash in the Key of Q. And there you can join other listeners by supporting the show's production costs for as little as five US dollars a month. Tell me what you thought about today's episode with Joey on social media using the hashtag Queer Music or email me direct on podcast at key com, and rate and review the show on your podcast provider. It really, really helps. Our theme tune is by Paul Nidu at unstoppablemonsters.com and thanks to Paul Smith, our PR guru and digital brand manager Olivier Name. and thanks also to Kajan Kantha and Murray Lang for their support in making this episode. The show is presented and produced as ever by me, Dan Hall and made at up Media Consultancy. I'll see you next Tuesday.
2: But I guess it wasn't enough for you. I, I trusted you, you. Now that's lost, it, it won't be coming back that easily. I can't keep you on me. But I guess it wasn't enough for you. I trusted you, baby. Not as lost in the room, you my body's